Hans Olsen, Scott Gerard, 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. It's Tuesday. It's 11.05, which means it's time for our weekly conversation with the head coach of the Utah State Aggies, Blake Anderson, joining us on the Smart Rain guest line. Utah will be in a drought next summer. Smart Rain knows that your planning, uh, budget plannings for next businesses are coming soon, so take advantage of their Save Now, Pay Later promotion and do your part by saving water while saving money. Uh, go to smartrain.net. Coach, how are you? Hey, Coach. I'm good. Good morning, gentlemen. So uh, I know uh, we talked a little bit about this on the post-game show, but uh, you get a refill on the old heart medication after another game like that? Yeah. These guys are wearing me out. But uh, it's a win, ugly win or not, last-second win. Uh, it still goes in the win column. So uh, as, as chaotic and stressful as it is, I take another one just like it on Friday night. Coach, what is it? What is it about the makeup of this team that it, it seems like it's a slow start and then one of the more entertaining, exciting, and clean finishers that you could imagine? Uh, you know, we—that's that's a great question. I wish I had a great answer for you. Uh, we we've talked about it as a team, as a staff, and and I don't know. I mean, it, it may be something different each week. Some of them have been, uh, you know, just who we're playing physically. Our matchups have not been great taking us a while to wear them down, and, and we play better later in the game than we do early. Some of it has been, uh, I think, just some mental mistakes, either hyped up, a little uh, over, over-hyped up and, and, and not focused well. I, I thought this one particularly was kind of a combination of coming out of the open week, a little, little sluggish-legged. Uh, they were trying to play hard, but we just it took us a little while to get our legs underneath us. I think sometimes you go through an open week and you can have that uh, a little bit of that – uh, feel of, of just kind of getting it out of you. And then uh, physically they're built, you know, honestly, you know, he's built really well up front. The, the challenge on both sides of the ball up front were real. Us uh, trying to move them to run the ball, didn't run it well early at all, and didn't run it well till late when they got tired. And, and really our matchup up front against their O-line and that really good running back were a challenge early and then they got better. So I think the conditioning – uh, did play a factor, and, and we looked better late, and, and they, they kind of uh, fell apart a little bit. So um, I don't know exactly what it is, but I love the fact that our kids don't quit, and they do believe that that if they'll just keep battling, that we're going to have a chance in the end, and it's proven to be true you know, more times than not. This is more of a general question instead of maybe just on last week, but do you – like when you're around your team in pregame warm-ups and in that pregame locker room – can you get a sense on how a game's going to go, or 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 is it always just kind of a surprise when the ball gets kicked off and and you're not quite sure how it's going to go? You know, every team's different. Uh, I've, I've been with teams um, through my career that you you could tell in pregame warm up, here we go, or uh oh, here we go. But <laughs> I've had teams that fool you too that would be hyped up in pregame and they'd come out and and not play well or be just completely dead in pregame, very quiet, very reserved, and then just come out and blow it out. So I think every team's different. Uh, I did notice a little, uh, you know, again, we're on the road, 0-5 team, after an open week. I did feel like it was a little quiet uh, in pregame and in the locker room. This is typically a group that kind of chatters and talks and is is really kind of enjoys the process. A lot of guys that would smile and laughter and kind of excited. And, and I didn't feel as much of that. And as a matter of fact, you could hear a couple guys talking about it. Guys, we've got to get going. We've got to get going. It didn't show up in lack of effort. It just showed up in, in, um, in, in just a little bit of just, I don't know, we were a little high, playing a little bit high. Um, 
a little, I don't know, not quite the spark that, that you're used to, and then it gradually built. So I don't know if what I saw in pregame was, was you know, a, a precursor for that, but, but it, it definitely was a concern going into this one, coming off the open week with an 0-5 opponent and on the road. All those things kind of made you nervous going into this particular game. Yesterday, Scotty and I were talking about this game, certain aspects of it. There were so many impressive performances, but the one that really stood out to me was Shaq Bond just effectively ending the game and also having some huge plays, a couple in the offensive backfield and and a couple of big tackles, open field or not. Shaq Bond was fantastic. Was this a, a game that you felt like he matched up well? Is this what you expect from Shaq every week? What, what do you think really got into Shaq in this game? Well, I think he's starting to feel better. Uh, I don't know if people have really paid that much attention, but he's, he's been playing with a pretty sizable brace on the knee for the last few weeks, uh, and he's not felt great doing it. Uh, the open week helped him as much as anybody. He, he was able to take the brace off and actually kind of feel free to run. Uh, I think part of Shaq's process, and I say this, and this may not make sense to many people, he's played so many snaps in the past, at times, if not handled the right way, past experience can kind of get in the way. At times, he's not really trusted the defense and, and trusted the guys around him. He's he's leaned on past experience and kind of done some of his own things. And I think he would tell you that that over the last few weeks, he's really been critical of himself. He's really tried to be detailed about exactly what we're asking him to do and, and trust the fact that if he'll do that, good things are going to happen. He stayed within the defense better this week than he has at any point. He's healthy and fresh, and I thought his attitude, his prep going into the game showed uh, what we expect from him all the time, and he, had, he obviously had a great game. He created a turnover down on the, on the goal line. We just didn't get lucky enough to fall on the ball, but and then obviously the two picks uh, and, and had tackles all over the field, so I hope he plays uh, like that and just gets better and better every week. The more confident he gets, the more comfortable he gets, and the better that he feels physically. But uh, he is more than capable of playing at that kind of level on a weekly basis. And, and, and we definitely, you know, we need him to because he's a huge, huge, uh, you know, contributor when he does, and he's a leader as well. So um, I thought it was really impressive to see Savon Scarver get that return. He'd been sitting at six for a while, and to get him to seven, do you feel like there might be, now that he's got that uh, tied that record under his belt, that it might open up the floodgates a little bit more for him if he gets those opportunities? Well, the crazy thing is the next one they kicked their, back there to him should have gone to the house too. He, uh, uh, he mentioned on postgame, he's like, I kind of was disrespected by that. I can't believe they kicked it to me again. <laughs> he was a little surprised they kicked it to him. Uh, he got two more good opportunities, and either of the other two could have just as easily gone to the house. We missed, uh, we missed one key block on both the other two returns that kept them from scoring. But, uh, I mean, that's what's crazy about it. Literally – Nine guys made their blocks. One guy on each one missed, and it, and it it kept him from getting loose. He could have he could have gotten the record on either one of them. I, I hope that we're uh, we're able to get him the ball more and more. Uh, obviously, people are going to be very concerned about kicking it to him. That's the other thing you got you got DT over there. Do you really want to kick it to him either? So uh, at some point, he's going to get some other opportunities, and I hope that we can do a good job up front to get him some space because I'd love to see him break that record now that he's uh he's tied it and and, and I, I not just that he did such a good job we, we got him some, a couple balls on offense he played on, on punt return and did a great job 
locking down the guy we put him on and actually ran him out of bounds. He just had a really complete game, and I thought he was excited there in front of his family. Uh, and you could tell, I mean, he's a guy that his legs feeling better. He's been beat up all season. I'd like to see how he's, you know, how he's going to handle things down the, the second half of the season. Coach, I remember game planning uh, in certain areas against certain individuals, not just a scheme or not a, a system, but an individual and putting together pretty extensive game plans to attack a certain area of an individual. I'm wondering, are you seeing defenses start to put things together to try to stop Devin Tompkins? Is he still just running through special plans that are put together to try to stop him, or, or are teams not overly focused on him at this point? Well, no, people are focused on him. There's no doubt about that. I think I think Coach Tuck and Coach Cephalo have done a great job of, number one, moving him around, uh, also keeping other guys involved as well, and then, and then attacking some of the leveraged defensive looks that we're getting to still create space. And then you just got to give DT credit. He's able to grasp a ton of offense and literally line up anywhere. If he had a really limited football IQ, if, if he wasn't a guy that would spend time studying and couldn't grasp it, and we'd have to just put him in one spot and, and, and hope that we got good results. But he literally can play anywhere on the field offensively for us, and that gives us tons of flexibility. And, and for a defense, there's only so many different variations that you can comfortably get in because we are still giving the ball to everybody else, and we are st- still committed to the run game. And although it wasn't good early, the run game got going in the second half, and ultimately some huge runs that helped us win the game. So you have to at least stay within the framework of what you want to do defensively. You can't just abandon it completely and take away one guy. He's having a great year, and I want him to continue to do so. But we're not just a one-man show, albeit he is having an unreal impact on every game, and, and we hope he continues to do so. You know, I know that you guys don't hear this noise, but uh, I'm sure, you know, people, when, you, when, when you're committed to the running game, but it may not be clicking for the first three quarters, people are like, what are we doing running the football? You know, and, and, and but yet, and I think sometimes OCs can probably be like, yeah, it's not working. Let's go and let's throw it 50 times in this game. What kind of discipline does an offensive coordinator, I mean, you call plays, you've been in that OC chair, and, and Tuck is, does a tremendous job, but is it, is it tough for an OC to stay committed to a running game when it may not be clicking, knowing that eventually it might break through? It's really tough. And, and as a play caller and even as a head coach, just you know, just continue to have those conversations. Hey, man, don't, don't give up on it. Be patient. I mean, the, the third 19 check and then the – the check right there, uh, uh, you know, on the eleven yard line. Um, you know, we're we're all in. A, we we have to run the ball. And I I spoke to a group of about a hundred people yesterday at lunch, and I had them by show of hands. I asked them how many people had given up on the run game in the first half and didn't want us to run it again. And literally over half the room raised their hand. And then I started popping off all these runs in the second half, and the one that ended up eventually scoring. So it. We're not as strong and as physical as we want to be up front yet on the old line. We are beat up. We're playing guys uh, that haven't played before, and they're doing a great job. We just got to keep building and keep developing. But we can't put our head in the sand and throw in the drop eight all day long. I mean, nobody wants the result of that. You're going to throw picks. You're going to throw a lot of incompletions. We're going to be punting the ball. We have to stay balanced, and we have to let our conditioning in the way that we work – you know, start to take over, and the runs did get better later. 
they did get fatigued and we didn't. And we were able to finish that game off by running the ball the way we needed to, even though it was not pretty at any point. So a lot of discipline. Give Tuck credit. Coach uh, Gibby and Coach James and those guys and uh, DJ in there building the run game and finding angles and making adjustments. But, um, you know, it's something we're going to stay committed to, and, and we will get better at it. It's not a finished product by any means. We're all dedicated to doing that, and there's a lot of different ways to affect that. So that game-winning uh, touchdown, that was a check to a run? That wasn't a – It was a check to a run. So we uh, we had called an initial play, and I don't know, just whatever in my head, I had a, I had a timeout in my pocket, and we knew the looks were, were heavy uh, coverage. I just told Tuck, said, don't be afraid to run the ball. I've got a timeout to burn. He immediately checked to a run play based off the look that he saw and it popped. Mm-hmm. And uh, I wasn't – telling him to run the ball. I just wanted him to be comfortable to run it if he saw a look that was favorable. And literally, they were rolling coverage to the trips. They had four dudes in the box, and it was absolutely the right call, and they executed it perfectly. Uh, you've got to me, you've got to be willing to trust that, that we can execute there, and, and obviously everybody did. So, Coach, uh, if if I'm not mistaken, if I recall correctly, it was one blocked field goal and two missed field goals. Is that right? Yep. Okay. So yeah, and the, and, and and it is driving us crazy. So so what do you do? Crazy. You you got a guy in Connor Coles that you know obviously you trust. How do you handle that mentally with a kid like that? Is it is it something where you yell? Is it something where you sit down and and talk patiently? How do you how do you talk with or how do you help a kicker in 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 in, in that situation? You know, typically, I kind of, um, I've always kind of compared kicking the ball. Kicking field goals is very similar to hitting a golf ball. Something very, very small can have a really big impact. And, and so, screaming at Connor Coles, I mean, he's a grown man, number one, and nobody's harder on himself uh, than he is. And so, screaming at him is not going to do a whole lot of good. Uh, we need to find the issue and fix it. The ball's coming out a little bit low. I think he, he's gotten in his head a little bit. He's he's overcorrecting himself. We need to get back to the basics. Ultimately if, if obviously if this pattern continues we're gonna we're gonna have to give somebody else an opportunity, but I think we've all seen what he's capable of. Washington State I mean a guy put the balls through all night long and he's done that every day in practice. So just calmly try to work the problem as best we can. Uh, we need the ball to come out with a little bit more height and he needs to trust the process and try to trust his his teaching and his training and just kind of get back to ABCs of, of kicking field goals. And I think he'll do that. He's responded the right way this week. We have had some protectional problems in the past. That was not the issue this week. Literally, the ball just came out low and he pushed one. Uh, so those are things that, that we can have. The, the deep kick that he missed, I mean, that's, that's well on the verge of, of being out of his range. I knew that before we sent him out there. I told him this was on me. Uh, you know, I felt like it was it was a time we needed to try. Um, if he hit it completely solid, he's got just enough leg maybe to make that, and, and he didn't. It was it was a tough kick. The other two, he'll tell you, those are more than within his range. He is more than capable of making them, and and I trust he's going to make the adjustments this week to get that done. Coach, you're playing a Colorado State team that uh, they're old school, man. They want to they want to ground and pound, and they want to get that running game going. This is uh, this is another physical test for your team, is it not? Oh, hands down. Uh, we talked about it yesterday. This is 
two big dudes standing in the middle of the ring throwing punches, you know, and I'm not backing up. You're not backing up, and we're just going to keep throwing until our arms are tired. So they will put massive bodies on the field, stack them all. It, literally, there'll be times that 22 guys can all spit on the football at the same time. They're going to get them all in there, crammed in their big bodies, tight end on top of tight end on top of tight end with a big running back, and it is going to be smash mouth, old school, uh, well, Big Ten football. I mean, that's that's where he's coming from. It's going to look like watching Boston College and and uh, you know one of the teams from the from the Big Ten going at it. So our style of offense will look different, clearly. But but when they got the ball on the field, it, it is old school football, and, and we're going to have to step in there and fill gaps and tackle well and play physical ball right there with them to to win this game. You concerned at all about tackling? I mean, you were so good on it early in the season, uh, and and there were some missed tackles out there. Is that is that a concern of yours after that game? Well, I was really frustrated with our tackling early. We tackled really, really well late, and to me, it was it was we kind of got our legs underneath us. We started taking that extra step. Guys responded to us, challenging them at halftime, and we kind of got back to the basics. We we have to. Uh, we have to get back to the little details of tackling. That's that's energy level to get you to the guy, taking the extra step to get close, and then bending at the knees and hips and ankles. And I thought we did a poor job that early in a really big running back. He exposed us in some areas. Now, you look late. We gave up seven yards in the fourth quarter, and we tackled really, really well. So we just got to start where we finished off and, and kind of do that from the beginning of the game to the end, and, and that's just details. Focusing on the little things that, that make the difference between making a tackle and and getting close. Coach, always a pleasure. We'll do it again later tonight at the uh, the Coach's Show. Appreciate your time. We'll see you then. Thanks. You got it. Blake Anderson, head coach, Utah State, right here on the Zone Sports Network. It's going to be tough, long days with that field goal kicker. <laughs> I don't even know how I – that would be one of the toughest areas for me as a coach. To yeah, play. I was going to say, there's, a, there's multiple reasons why I know you didn't want to get into coaching. Dealing with kickers, I think, would probably be high on that high list. High on that list. And watching, you know, one get blocked that really did look like it came low. Yeah. And I know that he was talking about the length on the one because there was some, what was it, 54 yards? 52. 52 but yards. he made 52-yarder against BYU two weeks ago. Yeah, so you scratch your head and you think, oh, man, you, you hope he can get back on track because th- there were times where a field goal would have made a, a dramatic oh, difference yeah. Yeah. in that game. All right, we're live here at Sound Sleep Medical. All you have to do is call 801-285-9731. Melissa's with us now. Look, we're at the Sandy location, and we'd love for you to come here, but you've got seven locations all up and down the Wasatch Front here. You, you If somebody's listening to us on the radio right now, they're going to find a location near them. That's right. Ogden, Layton, Salt Lake City, Murray, Sandy, American Fork, and Provo. So hope, hopefully one really, really near to you. I think people think if I have sleep apnea, it's to a stage in my life where I just I don't want that machine, and I don't want to feel like I'm Darth Vader trying to sleep at night. You don't need that CPAP machine. Let's get rid of it. You can get this oral appliance, and you're good to go. That's right. You know, CPAPs require the mask and the tube and the pump and electricity and all those kinds of things. And an oral appliance is so small and simple, you could even put it in your pocket. It's custom made just for you. We have 3D digital scanners in every office. It's going to be the perfect size, the perfect fit. It, it is like a bleach tray. You put it in your mouth, obviously just at night. It stabilizes your jaw to keep your airway open. 801-285-9731. You're one of the first 50 people to call and schedule an appointment. 
I love this value. I love what you do here. A free sleep screening, free sleep consultation. You'll find out whether or not you have sleep apnea, how bad it is, and no charge to you. Absolutely. And it's really important to find out if you've never had a sleep screening done and you are age 40 and over, you really need to. And it's a simple test. It's something you get to do at home in your own bed, but it gives us really important information like if you stop breathing during the night and what it's doing to your oxygen levels. Call right now, 801-285-9731, 801-285-9731. Thanks, Melissa. Thank you. This is the Zone Sports Network.